Welcome to the Leadership Podcast, Small Things Make a Big Difference. My name is Spencer Holt. I'm a husband, father of four amazing children. I've lived in Canada, the United States, and the United Kingdom, and I speak fluently all three types of English. I've been a banker, part of an oil and gas startup. I've opened up a couple restaurants, and I currently lead the commercial learning organization inside AstraZeneca. I am passionate about what makes leaders effective and how we can all be more intentional in doing small things that will make a big difference in the lives of the people we interact with. Okay, so I'm gonna start off a little different this week. I have my first repeat guest, Scott O'Neill. Welcome back to Small Things Make a Big Difference. Spencer, it's good to be here. I'm glad to be the first repeat guest on Small Things Make a Big Difference a big difference and we have something we actually want to talk about that could make a big difference yeah let's talk about it you your your family has inspired us Uh, as a side note one of the things i love about you know we talk about the power of networks and people in your lives and you know we've serendipitously have met and then now look at us we're about to have a sleepover outside in your backyard this isn't your run-of-the-mill sleepover no yeah you know it's really it, it sounds a little weird maybe but tell us what's happening november 19th Okay, November 19th, we are sleeping out to raise awareness for homeless teens in the United States on behalf of Covenant House, which rescues teens on a nightly basis. Um, Homelessness is an epidemic in the United States. Um, Sadly, about a third of homeless people are actually under the age of 24, and we're going to do our little part. Um, I've been working with the organization for about eight years, um, sleeping out on the streets to raise awareness and money. And because of COVID, we're doing it a little differently now, is you're coming to my house with your family and several families are going to sleep in a very social distance appropriate way. We're going to sleep outside and raise money. And what we need from you is a few dollars. And so hopefully you can post a link somewhere and you can click the link and give us $5 or $10 or $20. Whatever amount of money doesn't matter to you will matter to these kids that need a little help. That's, and I think that's what I love about this, you know, you know, small things make a big difference, right? And you, you think about, you've, you've done a couple nights that where you've slept down on the streets over the years to demonstrate, but these are kids that do it night after night. And just the ability to say, in a world today where, you know, in the US we've gone through these elections and you might be feeling, my, I, what can I do just to help myself feel like I'm making a difference? It feels like this is a really no brainer. Like here's something you can do immediately and make a small difference. This feels... Uh, very easy, but I just want to share a quick story with you, if, if I could, is um, I'll call this young man Rashad. He's uh, a graduate of the Covenant House, and uh, unfortunately, he had aged out of the foster care system. So when you turn 18, your foster family no, no longer gets any money for you staying there. So oftentimes, they ask the children to leave. So he found himself sleeping on a park bench, um, trying to graduate from high school, and he got so cold, he said his lips were blue, that he wandered to the school, and this counselor... Um, fortunately, walked him to the Covenant House. Um, he ended up graduating from high school, went to his prom. He's now enrolled at Temple University, has a full-time job. And the most important thing for me is he said something really interesting. He said he, he, had, he was glowing with pride and enthusiasm. And he had a white shirt and a black tie on. And he smiled at the group of us that were ready to, to brave the cold and rain. And he said, I made it. And it was like one of those like really interesting moments for me. As I looked at one of my daughters, Kira was with me that night, and I looked at her and I'm like, wow, he made it. Now, him making it is very different from us making it, or if you're listening to this podcast, very different from you making it. He has 
kind of beaten all the odds. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a job. He had no prospects. And there was this place, the Covenant House, that took him in and gave him structure. And they gave him what he needs, discipline, parental-type guidance, got him um, to put his phone down, to make sure that he was clean of alcohol and drugs, to make sure that he got a job, to help him with interview skills, to make sure he got his degree, to have him help him enroll in college. Like This kid has no chance, and the Covenant House gave him one, and he took it. And I think that's the kind of opportunity that for your for twenty dollars from you will make a difference. I love that. We oftentimes when I ask people at the end of the podcast, what's one of the small things? And it feels like there's a theme where we talk about generosity of spirit and the ability to give to others. And and so we would love for you to donate to this. However, if you're sitting somewhere, donate somewhere. Like give something. And it, it it feels like now more than ever, the spirit of generosity and helping others out in some way is so important. It, yes, I, I think so too. I think, th- I mean, look, this is the month of Thanksgiving and we all have a lot to be grateful for and thankful for. And, and you are right. You don't have to give money, although I would like it. Um, but if you don't give money, you can also give time and, uh, or you can give appreciation. You can write a thank you note. There's so many ways to show your gratitude and appreciation, but I can tell you that if you are listening to this podcast, you are one of the very, very fortunate people in the world. And make sure you pass some of that goodness on. Scott O'Neill, second timer on Small Things Make a a Big big Difference. It is a big deal. Thank you for your time. Thank you for making a big difference in my life. I appreciate that. We're doing everything different this week. And so first we had Scott jump on. Now I have my good friend, Jessica Fopp, a really cool business leader, an amazing friend. She's a mom. She's a wife. I mean, she's kind of everything. Jessica Fopp, welcome to Small Things Make a Big Difference. Thank you so much, Spencer. I'm so happy to be here and uh, feel really privileged to be a part of it. Well, and let's be honest, Jessica. Now, we we don't do video. And if it would be cool if we did video one because you know you've got this incredible sense of fashion and the other thing that i'm going to just let people know is you've got this really cool red hair my mom has red hair and so there's also that connection right like you know i don't i don't know what that means but i just think it's cool so <laughs> if you would please tell us who is jessica fox you mean besides a redhead? Um, <laughs> I, I am a redhead, but um, I am also um, a, a girl who was born and raised in a small town uh, in Arkansas um, with a, a doctor dad um, who instilled a lot of really good values um, in me. And I ended up uh, through him and through the medical community stumbling into this world of pharmaceuticals that I didn't really know much about and ultimately ended up falling in love with. Um, I've had just an exceptional experience with AstraZeneca over my, um, I hate to say it, it's 21 years. Um, Not because I hate to say I've been with AstraZeneca that long because it makes me start feeling just a little bit older than I'm comfortable with. Um, But I had just a really amazing um, career within the company. in learning different roles within sales and sales leadership, how to build teams, how to inspire teams, how to deliver through other people. Um, And I've also had opportunities in the head office to grow um, in commercial operations in a lot of different marketing roles, um, whether that was executing strategies, building strategies, 
running P&Ls. Um, and, and then before the role I'm in right now, we had an opportunity to go to England um, where um, I was able to um, run the respiratory business unit um, for another country. And I think that really expanded um, my thinking beyond anything I ever thought was possible. I mean, you put somebody in a new country where they don't know how the they don't know how the health system works. They don't know how the marketing company works. It's a true like development on steroids kind of opportunity, um, and we loved every every minute of it. And then I came back to um, the U.S. Uh, and helped start a brand new therapeutic area for renal for the U.S. business, which has just been a, another incredible opportunity. Um, so that's kind of me as um, work, Jessica. But to really know me, you know that that is um, just part of who I am. Um, I am a working mom, and um, I've got two. My husband and I have two um, brilliant, you know, little children. Everyone would say their children are brilliant. Uh, that um, has been along with us for for the ride, um, and they really are um, my reason why um, I do everything that I do. And I think. Um, the greater that I can balance my life between what I want to, what I'm able to give them and what I'm able to give AstraZeneca, um, the more fulfilled I am as a person. So that's just a little bit about me. I like that. In fact, so I'm going to pick something out of that introduction that you, you mentioned um, your dad, the doctor, but you mentioned something interesting. You said that, you know, you, you grew up with some values. And so I would love to just start there, Jessica. What are some of those values that you probably learned on really early, but you bring to what you, who you are today in the way that you lead. So for, for people to understand why I do what I do every day here, um, they know that yes, we have amazing products as a company, but really to me, the other product that we have as a company is our people. And I think that that is part of a value that was ingrained in me really early in my life is, um, how important people are that you surround yourself with, um, how important things are like compassion and true caring for other people. Um, and I think that if we can take that and put that into what we do with work and understand we're not just a company who has great products, we're a company who has really amazing people that we care about, truly care about. Um, then it creates a culture where people can thrive and a culture where people want to be. Um, and I think that that's a really nice, a nice combination. And obviously the other, the other value that I was raised looking at was um, understanding how important caring of patients are. You know, my dad, um, if you ask him why he got into medicine, um, it, it's all because he felt like it was a calling for him to help people. And I do believe that in a, a really big way, what we do every single day is a calling to help is to help people um, and to help patients. And so when you got the right products and you got right, the right people and you're all grounded in the value of helping patients, then to me, that's, that's really the, the ultimate reason why. And I, I, there's a common red thread there, right? Around this compassion around people and that ability to say now more than ever or not, you know, let's be honest, I think today the world continues to kind of reel with whether it's you're in the United States of elections or anywhere else in the world, there's something going on. You add that to COVID, it, you know, some people might describe a little bit as of a grease fire, right? Like there's just so much going on today. And I think as a leader, what you articulated around compassion, 
and and the ability to help others, I think is needed now more today than it's ever been. And I'd love to get some of your insights of what are you doing today as a leader that maybe you haven't done in the past or you're overemphasizing that demonstrates that compassion and really helps with the current environment we're in. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's just been an incredible year. And I know so many people are um, so ready to turn the calendar over into over into 21. Um, and, and that's, you know, COVID elections, it's everything that you're saying. But one of the other things that I've been really struck by is um, how many people that at the start of November started talking about putting up their Christmas decorations. And it's a crazy phenomenon that I've never heard of before because um, I don't think it's ever happened before. And, and when I've asked people like, what's going on? Why are you putting up Christmas uh, November 1st? And they just say, we just need some happy. And seeing the lights and pulling out the memories that go along with Christmas or whatever you celebrate um, at the end of the year brings happy. And I think everyone just needs a little bit of joy. Um, I say that because that's part of the, of the compassion piece is understanding where people are and meeting them where they are right now um, is incredibly important. Um, I think that as a leader, if you're finding yourself leading your teams right now, the way that you led your teams, even back in January, or how you led your teams last year, then you might want to reflect and see if you're doing that right. Um, because in my experience, what teams need now more than ever um, is compassion, is truly listening um, and understanding that um, you can give the greatest gift to your teams right now by really empowering them um, to be able to run their businesses the way that their customers need them to be run. Because while we need to be having compassion for our people, there are people are trying to have compassion for their customers and it should be working all the way around. But I do think it's taking a very different type of a leadership approach than what we've used in, in the past to be successful. So great. I, I love this. Uh, you know, to your point, whatever holiday you're celebrating towards the end of the year, start it early, <laughs> you know, don't be afraid <laughs> to create an environment that brings some happy. I just, what a great thought. And, um, you know, maybe inspires me to start, you know, start this weekend. And then the other thing that you mentioned is this idea around empowerment. And are we empowering our people more than maybe even potentially we've done in the past? And is that an easy thing to do? Is it hard? How do we do that in a time where you're balancing empowerment and compassion that maybe that doesn't always go hand in hand? Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. What does that look like for Jessica Fopp, what's easy about it? What's hard about it? It's a really good question. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of interviews um, lately for some of the work that we're doing on the renal team and, and bringing in some new leaders. And we ask this question a lot, like, what do you think is important in how you set yourself up or your new, new team up? And often words like empowerment and trust and these big words come up. And when you dig underneath it, you say, but how do you do that? It, it becomes a lot more difficult to put words behind it, but I'm going to try to put words behind it for, for what it, for what it means to me. I, I do think that um, having empowerment uh, across your team in times of crisis 
or in times of when you're building something new are the most difficult times. Because those are the times that often you're just trying to lean in just a little bit more and you're trying to have just a little bit more um, of yourself that's put into the team. I don't know if that's because you think that it makes it better or you think that you got a little bit more control. But I find that in times of new or in times of crisis, this is actually the time where you need to step back more and let the people who are closest to the customer, closest to the book of business, whatever that ends up being, be the ones who, who have the uh, ability to be able to, to, to make more of those decisions. Um, you know, when I, when I came into the team that I'm in right now, um, I joined with a lot of business experience. I had loads of sales experience, loads of marketing experience, but I knew nothing about the renal therapeutic area. And I joined a team who knew lots about it. Um, and I'll say that when I joined the team, they didn't really, I don't think, want to like me um, because I didn't have the same experience set that they had. But I took approach early on with them being really new um, to, to decide to be really vulnerable and to say, these are the things that I'm good at. These are the things that you're good at. Let's find how we can each benefit each other and become better than the sum of our parts. Um, and that meant that I gave them space in the places where they needed space. And then at the same time, they could pull me in in the places where they knew I could benefit them. So it's a really good balance of empowerment of team, but also vulnerability on my side to be able to say, I don't know everything and I'm going to learn loads from you, but you want to know what you might learn something from me too. And if that happens, isn't it a great, isn't that just a great outcome? And I think that that's just one example of times of something new um, where the idea of empowerment and vulnerability worked really well for me. And I'm trying to do the exact same thing right now with the team um, in, in a COVID world where every state's doing things differently. Every county is doing things differently. Um, some physicians are not seeing people. Some, some hospitals won't let representatives in. Someone at remote, someone at live. It, there is such a mixture of how um, customers are wanting us to be able to interact with them. And me trying to come in and, and direct what that looks like at a local level would not make sense whatsoever. But what I can do is I can empower my team to meet their customers where their customers want to be met in a way that they want to be met, which means that I need to empower them to run their business the way that they think that their business needs to be run. Um, and, and, and so whether it's COVID or whether it's me being new in a role, I think empowerment and vulnerability, even in the times where it's really hard, are some of the most important characteristics that you can bring as a leader. That's the insight there because, you know, whether you're in pharma, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. What you just described is, I think, part of the formula for leadership as we move down the road. We don't have all the answers. And as the world becomes more complex and technology becomes a bigger uh, competitive advantage, we're going to have to understand the people closest to the customer are going to have the answers and we need to trust them. And, and sometimes I think for individuals that might be a little bit more, you know, I don't know, control freak probably is not the right word, but maybe love to kind of like be like, oh, I just, I want to know more. 
how do we let go of that and trust the process that says it's going to be okay, even if it doesn't turn out exactly the way I would have done it, or, or it's totally different, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I, I think that to, to me, the way that I that I make this work um, for myself, and and this is you, you, if you know me well, you know that um, that I do like to have a sense of what's going on, and I do like to be able to answer the questions that I'm getting asked about performance and have a really good storyline. So so for me, the way that I handle all of this is that um, you still need a plan. Um, even in a world of empowerment, you, you need to make sure that everybody knows where we're going and that everyone knows how we're going to know we've gotten there. Like what, what is success? What is the outcomes that we're trying to hit? But we need to be okay that it's not going to be perfect every time. Um, and, and, and know that the first approach to it may not be where we end at the, you know, at the very end of it. Um, so as long as we are failing fast and we're open to listening for the fail, because if you can see where it's not working and you can quickly work together to put together a different plan, then you're going to get there in the very end. So I, th those are three things that I think about a lot on knowing where we're going, knowing when we've gotten there and being okay that it's not perfect as long as you're listening and you're failing fast and you're correcting quickly. I will take that any day of the week um, as just a bit of a, of a mantra on how I set up a team to make sure that we can, that we can deliver. And then things like empowerment and trust and all of those things can, can sit all the way through it because you know where everybody's aligned on the core parts of the plan. Such great insight. If you're taking notes, I mean, my goodness, you're like, you're given some really great tactical strategies. I love this, like empowerment and exploration and innovation and failure. But if you do it as a plan, uh, Michael Chavez will often say is uh, uh, the CEO of Duke Corporate Education, you still need guardrails, right? Like you need, it's not like chaos. It's helping people set the parameters and then say, go and do, which I think you've just outlined in, in this really articulate way. Jessica, I've got, I've got a couple more questions. I, I want to I think as we head into the end of the year, I'd love to get your insight because I think sometimes this is really hard for people, both from a, some people love it because it's time for family and you know holidays and rejoicing. Other people struggle because they're alone and um, it's not nearly the same for them or they struggle with loss. And I think more than ever, there's how do we help balance that as a leader. And I think, you know, you, your description of you at the very beginning that you're a mom with two kids and a, and a wife that has this family and that's your all. I'd love to get just some personal insight from you of how do you balance that and um, bring about the humanity and still get everything done that you need to do? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I learned a long time ago um, and I said this on my third part of the plan is that um, it's okay if it's not perfect. Um, I learned a long time ago that I need to be okay with my life not being perfect. Um, and so for me as a working mom, I know that every day I set out to do the absolute best that I can by my family and the best that I can by my job. And some days I get it right 
and some days I get it wrong. Um, and I just have to reflect on what I did well and what I didn't do, do well and go out and try and do it again the next day. Um, but everyone understands that my intentions are in the right spot. So at least in the times where I don't get it right, people know that the intent was right. And then I can talk about what didn't go right and what I wish would go right differently the next day. And I think that in this time, so that's how I make it work with my own family. But I know that everyone is in wildly different places right now. Whether you're the person who put up your Christmas tree November 1st, or you're the person who purposefully doesn't want to put up a Christmas tree this year. Um, I think this is where the compassion piece comes in. And we need to meet everybody where they are. And at the end of the day, people just want us to listen. Half of the time, people just want someone to be able to listen to them and feel like they're being heard. And I feel like that is some of the greatest gifts that we can give people right now is the gift of listening um, and, and just giving them their voice, a, a place for someone to feel like they care um, and that maybe you're there to offer them advice, maybe you're not, but you're someone who's there to listen to them and truly value them as a person. And so I, I think that that's one of the most important things that we can do for everyone else um, out there um, besides just what I need to do to balance myself um, and everything that I've got going, uh, going on in my life every day. Well said. I mean, if you're, you know, if you want to make a difference, what I love about that, you know, at, at the very beginning of this podcast, we talked, um, Scott O'Neill was on around, you know, a, a project that we're doing around um, homelessness for teenagers. And what you've just said is, you know, if you're looking to help anything, just listen to people um, and what a difference that can make. Okay, two last questions, my friend. Um, if you had to pick a holiday song that you're gonna jam out to, uh, I, I don't think it's too early to say to say your holiday song. <laughs> oh my goodness! I we were listening to the radio this past weekend, and I and and Christmas songs were on the radio, um, and the kids started singing along, and I was like, "Too soon!" And they were like, "Never too soon." Um, so um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas was the song that was on the radio and my kids have been singing it ever since. So I'm going to give that song because it's the one that I can't get out of my head uh, right now uh, for, for the Christmas season. <laughs> I love it. And my last question, and I just want to say thank you in advance of just your insights and authenticity. And uh, But the name of this podcast is Small Things Make a Big Difference. And I would love for you to share what is one small leadership habit that you do on a consistent basis that makes a big difference in the lives of your family, but also the other communities and teams that you work in? Um, so I think one small thing that I would say is what I believe is one of the greatest gifts that we all have every single day um, to give, and that's our time. Every day we wake up and we have a certain amount of time um, that we have to give in the day. Um, and I think that how we give our time to other people, whether it's the time we give to people at work or it's the time that we give to our family, it, it works the same way. And so it's not just a matter of also though just giving time, it's about when we give the time, are we giving people what they need in the moments where you're giving people their your time. 
So the small thing that I do every single day is I, I give my time to other people and I give it to them in the way that I think that they need it from me the most, whether it's my kids who just need to talk to me about how their day went or what they got to eat at lunch, or it's someone from work who's telling me that they're really having a hard time making it all work right now. Um, if I can be there in the way that people need for me to be there, then I feel like that's one small thing that I can do to impact the lives of others. Jessica Fopp, I am, I've taken away a lot of great things from this, it, you know, and maybe the appropriate title of this is meet people where they are. But thank you for being a such an inspiring leader and more importantly, sharing us, um, sharing your insights today on small things make a big difference. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I hope that this um, at least just gave people out there just a little something to think about differently than um, what they might have been thinking about before they listened. Hope you've enjoyed this week's session of small things make a big difference as we mix it up a little bit it was a double header first you heard from the ceo of the 76ers and new jersey devils scott o'neill where you have an opportunity we'd love to have you participate in our sleep out november 19th please donate some money to help us fight against homelessness for teenagers and young adults where you can donate is in the link below and in the post and then also great insights from Jessica Fobb, the ability to meet people where they are and give the gift of time. May each of us, as we head into a holiday season, whatever holiday you may be celebrating, may we be thankful and may we be intentional about the small things that each of us can do that can make a big difference. <music>